Well, there's a new version of the Tanzu Application Service coming out, version 4.0. And as always, when there's something Tanzu Application Service to talk about, we have none other than Nick Taz to come tell us <laughs> what, uh, what what's going on there. T- tell us the, uh, the the interesting new features, what's been happening since last time, the, the hopes and dreams of the Tanzu Application Service uh, community. So welcome back, Nick. Well, thank, thank you. And thanks for having me back. And I, I apparently I need to change my name or, or get a new license plate or something along those lines for, for Nick Tass. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so the uh, 4.0 release uh, should be coming out here later this month. And uh, there's a lot of things to cover. And it uh, just to kind of give everyone a recap, it's going to be kind of the, the first iteration or, or new version of our long-term support track program. So uh, a lot of our customers stay on the long-term support release cycle, and uh, you know a lot of them. A lot of them will, will be uh, jump upgrading, so we say to 4.0. So I think a lot of folks will be very excited about this release and uh, all the all the features really uh, to to kind of unpack here. Yeah, I was just right before this. I was recording another interview with uh, Carrie Schaefer from One mm-hmm. Magnify. They're bi- big. Uh, they're a big Taz user. Mm-hmm. Our Tanzu application service user, and uh, yeah, it was it was. Uh, I was just hearing how uh, you know the the uh, as as she was saying the opinionated platform of Taz. The developers love it. It was it works out well for them. And uh, we spent a long time uh, also talking about uh, how developer happiness is part of your business case, which I, I didn't actually get down to asking her which Excel macro she uses uh, for <laughs> developer happiness, but. But you know, being less snarky, it definitely uh, was part of of uh, platform interest out there. So, so, so let let's go through it. Like, what are the what are, what are like let's say like the top three, and maybe we'll go to more. But like, what are the top three sure. awesomeness features? You could even say Nicktastic features oh, uh, that, that, oh. that we have there. And I gotta, I gotta get some stickers now or something. Um, but yeah, the, probably the uh, to go along the lines of developer happiness and kind of the developer experience. Uh, kind of the, the biggest new feature uh, that we're looking at here is the uh, the introduction of backstage into Taz, uh, and it's going to be uh, I think branded the Tanzu Application Service Portal or Taz Portal for short. Uh, but essentially, uh, we're bringing some of the goodness that we saw and see with Tanzu Application Platform into TAS. Um, so, you, you know, uh, if you're not familiar with Backstage, it's kind of like this open source framework or like kind of big open source project um, that, it, you know, has many features in it. But one of the, the biggest features is kind of like this, I guess you call it like a software catalog or organizational uh-huh. catalog um, to help organizations kind of keep track of all the different like services within an organization. So you can, you know, deploy an application, register it within this catalog. And then like, you know, your other development teams can say, Hey, let's what's in the catalog. Oh, it's like, you know, identity service X, Y, Z. Oh, I need that. I can, you know, I can go inspect that identity service and, you know, see, see the, you know, API structure and maybe how I can integrate that into my application without, you know, rewriting that. So it allows for uh, essentially, reuse of uh, software components and services and kind of helps, uh, you know, better promote, um, you know, kind of cross-functional development within an organization. And some of these organizations that, you know, use our, our products are, are very big. So anything we can do to help, you know, help kind of coalesce and, and help things, uh, you know, ease development in any way, shape or form is, is a really big win. 
Yeah, that that'll be that's that's going to be exciting because I feel like uh, like Taz has had maybe like thirty to forty percent of that, right? Like you you have the catalog of like you know tiles and services and stuff that you can use, mm-hmm. but then the thing I'm always intrigued with with the uh, the backstage way of life, so to speak, is that each of the applications or services, each of the developer teams. Hopefully there's a developer team if you have some software you depend on in your organization. But mm-hmm. each of the developer teams also has their own, like, I don't even know the backstage terminology, their own page <laughs> that that you can go to, right? And the whole, like, right. the whole, like, maybe not the whole, but a lot of what backstage is about is making sure all those different teams can easily find each other and start to work with each other and understand the projects that, that's there, which... Kind of to your point, like I always imagine, you know, if you have an organization with like 20, 25,000 developers, it's not like it's easy to find things. Right. Right. <laughs> right. right. So, so it's good to have that that built into there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Backstage put out a blog recently that had, that had some metrics around what they saw when they started using Backstage on a more regular basis across their teams. Um, mm-hmm. I'll just read you some of the stats here that are picked out. 2.3x more active in GitHub. This is a developer. So more active in GitHub as a result of being able to understand the uh, the systems around them and the, the, the um, information being generated by the different development teams that are working around them. Um, create two times more code changes in 17% less cycle time. So enables them to speed up and get more, uh, get more mm-hmm. code changes done as well. So there's tons and tons of really good stuff in Backstage. It sounds really exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing what it looks like in the TAS platform. Have you seen it, Nick? Uh, yeah, so I've seen a little little, little bit of it so far. And uh, hopefully later I'll be releasing uh, maybe a demo video on it. Uh, but yeah, so I've seen it. It looks uh, it looks a lot uh, like what we see in Tains of Application Platform. But, you know, it's uh, kind of been, uh, I guess, molded per se, to to work within Tains of Application Service. And there's also um, some integrations, too, to kind of like, if you're using the backstage componentry and you want to go like into Apps Manager, which is the traditional, uh, you know, portal for for tasks, you can kind of go in between as well. So, um, yeah, it, it looks, a, looks a lot and, you know, feels a lot like the, the, the TAP uh, backstage experience. Uh, yeah. And, um, you know, we also, um, you... The applications accelerators have been have been loaded as well within that, so you can start to get some of that mm. um, kind of golden templated or you know best practice uh, templates for your organization in there as well um, to really kind of streamline and maybe even you know we see that you know you're I I, I caught onto like two x improvement, so maybe you know who knows what the the if we get studies about you know what the application accelerators do for you know, uh, bootstrapping new development or, you know, you know, onboarding new developers within an organization, maybe, maybe in a year or two, we'll have some kind of data around that. But, um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's going to speak a lot to really just, you know, helping people onboard and, you know, kind of making the, um, I guess the best path, the least path of resistance within an organization and tep, you know, he just, people will just naturally do that. If it's the you know if it's the easiest way to do it and it's also the right way you'll you'll probably have a lot of adoption and uh, you know I think that's I think that's a really key uh, component to kind of key up on as well. Yeah. All right. Um, 
Uh, Golden Path comes up a lot, doesn't it, when you're talking about uh, backstage? But it it also always came up a lot when you're talking about Taz. Taz has always had an opinion about the Golden Path to get to production. This seems like a an extension of that, extending it beyond the boundaries of Taz. Has it still got that openness where you can include applications from anywhere in your portfolio? It doesn't have to be something that's on Taz. Uh, I, I believe you could still register a, a, a services. I, I, you know, I, I have a yeah, catalog. Yet. Yeah, in the catalog yeah. from pretty much, I guess, anywhere, right? Uh, yeah. Whatever that has the, um, there's like a, there's like a YAML format, right? To register. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So assuming... You have that in your repo. I I, su- I assume, you know, it will it should register uh, just yeah, like any, pull any that other data service. In. Yeah, cool. Exactly. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I can't wait to see your video. Yeah, well, me too. I have to make it first too. But <laughs> it'll, it'll be thrilling. <laughs> yeah. Get the jazz hands on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, yeah, very very excited about that. Um, well, so so what what's number two on your list there? Like what oh uh, number two? Uh, let's see. So I guess we'll kind of go on to, I can talk about a couple other um, other features uh, as as an additional developer productivity awesomeness uh, within TAS. So uh, uh, the, the next kind of feature, um, and it's very, this is a, a feature that's very specific and uh, kind of really, uh, you know, makes TAS shine within the, you know, e- even in the current uh, 2023 20, uh, landscape, uh, as we will. But the... Um, Integrated Windows authentication support for .NET Framework applications is now live within TAS 4.0. So, uh, if you're not familiar with what that means, that's essentially uh, you know kind of these like I guess we call them now legacy .NET Framework applications uh, that are still probably running on you know Windows servers, uh, but they they make use of the uh, you know integrated Windows authentication for you know authentication to the app. This can actually now migrate into TAS and not be blocked because the uh, some of the build pack processes and things before actually didn't support that IWA protocol. But now that's been changed, that we can allow that. So kind of that last bastion of kind of .NET framework apps that were kind of stuck on potentially, you know, legacy application servers that still needed, you know, patched and rebooted every month and, you know, not a lot of automation around that process. Any of those apps can move into the platform now. And um, if you're a, a, a .NET shop or .NET framework shop, uh, there's a lot of value um, in, you know, in migrating and you could potentially save a lot of time savings um, just from the, the developer and kind of uh, platform engineering perspective of migrating this to a modern platform and, and kind of getting your journey, you know, getting out of the days of kind of the legacy app server uh, situation. And there's not a lot of things, you know, in the market that can run .NET framework applications in any kind of cloud native way, so that's that's something very unique to to TAS. Um, so that's something to uh, keep an eye on. Not everybody has .NET framework applications, but if you do, uh, I would uh, definitely check this out and see maybe where uh, it can help uh, potentially uh, improve some of your processes. Yeah, and this is because it's got actual Windows OS containers right. in there, hasn't yeah. it? Right. Yeah. So, so like, so you're not building off a Linux base; you're building off a Windows base and Sounds like the last part of that was the identity management piece, and that's now you can now integrate that well into those uh, containers. So that sounds fantastic, especially like you said, if you're a .NET shop, or you're um, a Microsoft. Uh, you know, a lot of folks that we talk to are using Microsoft all the time and very interested in framework support. You know, full mm-hmm. framework support. So that sounds really cool. 
Yeah. So yeah, and then just to to kind of add on to that, if you're not familiar with it, Taz has a container scheduler called Diego, and it can run a a full Linux Diego stack and a full you know Windows Server stack as well. Right. So it does. Yeah. Right. So it's it, you know, in parallel can support both Linux and you know traditional Windows Server workloads as well. Yeah, and it can send apps in the correct direction, can't it? It can correct. You know, it knows the Windows apps are going over to this uh, particular cell. The uh, the Linux apps going in a different direction. Exactly. So it's a good, good. Uh, you know, it's good for tying everything together, isn't it? You don't have to feel excluded because of your um, Windows uh, uh, investments. You know, you can keep making those Windows investments and still have them relevant in a cloud native environment, which is good. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, let's see, one more, I'll pick a couple more little small features, not necessarily small features, but um, features within the continued developer uh, productivity front. Um, so we're, we're starting to see um, introduction of cloud native build packs. So kind of like the next generation of build packs. Um, so history lesson, uh, the TAS build packs are known really kind of as the Cloud Foundry or V2 versions of build packs and then cloud native build packs came along which is kind of like the v3 variant so now we're uh, we're actually adding cloud native build packs into taz as well in addition to the already you know in it, the already existing build packs so um there's been a lot of uh, work being done to kind of adopt the cloud native build packs and and kind of inter- introduce them into taz this is you know the the kind of goal of this is to continue to you know uh, add additional support for different, you know, languages or, or configurations, and you know, just to kind of stay stay up the up to the speed with all the different build pack technology. And I think the first build pack we'll see in 4.0, or the cloud native build pack we'll see is the the web servers type build pack. Um, but you know, as things progress, like kind of the framework's been built to add, hopefully, quickly add more uh, different, you know, different cloud native build packs as well. And you know subsequent releases, so just kind of keep stay tuned there. And in addition to that, the um, the CF Linux FS4 stacks are are ready now as well. So another you know another kind of big variant there is uh, what base OS the um, the platform uses for the container operating system, and um, we're just revving that to the next you know essentially. The next version of Linux OS, which I, I believe that is, I think that, that's still based on Ubuntu Jammy as well and Linux FS4. So, um, Jammy for the win. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, just again, seeing that uh, developers not having to worry about, you know, building container images and it's just, you know, you kind of push your code up to the platform and everything's kind of happy there. Now, now, you know, maybe what, what's the difference? You know, we had the two types of build packs. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between those two? So, um, so the V2 or the Cloud Foundry build packs are kind of, um, let's just say the default build packs have shipped with Taz for quite some time. And the Cloud Native build packs uh, were kind of introduced and you've seen, um, so, so Cloud Native build packs, and, and Ben, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong here, because I think you probably know some about this too, but uh, are really kind of like a, a, a new spec for build packs and like an implementation of Cloud Native build packs are known as uh, Paquetto build packs, which is another kind of open source project um, that you know VMware sponsors. And I believe the Paquetto build packs are actually aside and, uh, associated with the Cloud Foundry Foundation too. Uh, but that's just you know a new new kind of take, a new iteration of these build packs. Um, so we kind of see this V2 and V3 variant. And I, I believe if we look at Tensor Application Platform, 
a lot of the build packs based in and tap are uh, off cloud native build packs as well. So right, yeah, yeah, that's right. So as a developer, you probably won't notice any difference. You'll still right. do your CF push in the same way you always did. You'll still get a build pack selected based on the source code that you've asked it to build. So it still has a detect feature and it's still going to detect your source code and then pick the appropriate stack to build underneath that source code into mm -hmm. a container that's a hardened container based on Jammy, as, uh, as Nick was saying. But I think the difference in terms of if you watch the log, if you watch the log of these two things, I think probably the thing that you'll notice that feels slightly different is just the amount of granularity that's available in the version three is, mm. I think it's higher. It feels higher when you look at the logs, it's selecting more details. It's detecting more details about what's actually in the source code and then building layers based on those details. That's how it feels to me. But mm -hmm. in terms of the end product, the end product is perfectly compliant container, runs first time, runs your app. You don't have to worry about build packs. Uh, sorry, you don't have to worry about uh, Docker files at all. So you don't have to sort of go into the details of how it's constructed. You just say, here's my source code, build it into a container. The build pack will get on with that, whether it's a cloud native build pack in version three, or a version two it still works in the same way. Um, it's just like I said, there's just a few differences in the specification and the way that it's that it's actually built out. That you might notice a difference if you're going through the logs, but if you don't, you don't want to know. You probably don't need to know. Yeah, and and it's, with this release, it sounds like you'll be assured there's jam in it. So it's yeah, totally good. <laughs> Plenty of jam. All good servers run jam. My yeah. my server at home's running jam. So yeah, yeah. It's all good. Another great sticker idea here. That, that reminds me of the, the phenomena where, uh, where, you know, in the eighties kids would put like oatmeal and jam and VCRs, like it's, yeah. you know, <laughs> loaded up with jam. Uh, I remember that. That'd be I remember it, space, but, I remember space balls where there was we, some we, jamming that went we, on. We've been jammed. Uh, yes. Yeah. And they, they like, like lick it <laughs> off the satellite and like it's raspberry, right? Or something. I don't know. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's a, that's a good movie. We've got that, I think that possibly yeah. dates me. I heard about it once. Maybe that's what I should say. I had this in. Well, what else do we have going on in, in 4.0? Right. Yeah, how do we uh, transition out of the jam here? Okay. Um, Get out of a jam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> From, uh, I, oh, I guess... Uh, on phone, on phone my friend. Take off my uh, developer hat, put on my platform engineer hat. Uh, let's see here. Um, so there's a lot of features does around. That, does that look like a yellow hard hat? That one yeah. is that like that's probably how it is, isn't it? I don't. Like, I don't has the community uh, coalesced on the um, the hat? Under construction. Uh, I think yeah, it's a construction uh, hat. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah, putting your putting your construction hat on. What do you see? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So let's see. So there's um, some features around, um, let's say, custom app metric rate limiting. So uh, so developers can can make custom uh, metrics that emit out of their applications, and some of those could be quite noisy. So now um, there are uh, abilities to set kind of global limits and kind of uh, kind of regulate that that th those metrics. So All that right. we don't we don't potentially get an overflow situation. So that that's going to be pretty useful for the, the the platform engineers of the house to any any kind of tool or uh, uh, you know thing that can uh, gauge that they can do to uh, either you know kind of control the flow or, or prevent an overflow, especially anything around logging or metrics. 
uh, they'll know that it's pretty pretty well appreciated uh, to to help kind of prevent um, any kind of uh, over overflow within within that system. So that, why that's one. Why don't, why don't children come with this feature? And that's what I. <laughs> well, <laughs> you just turn them down a little bit, like yeah. just, just I want to control the flow just a so little. Is bit. that like a questions per minute type thing? Yeah, you only yeah. only one. Why? Or, uh, why? 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 Yeah. Uh, exactly. If we invented that, I think we'd be in a whole different business, yeah. Ben. But so moving on, um, the platform now supports uh, open uh, IDC provider support. So in addition to like SAML and LDAP, you can use uh, OIDC to provide authentication into the system. So, I mean, that's just a, another, uh, you know, authentication provider that a lot of uh, folks are moving to. So that's just helping platform engineers, uh, you know, kind of stay, uh, keep their authentication into the latest uh, format. And that's typically tied into like a, a SSO or enterprise SSO type thing. So mm-hmm. making it easier for people to, you know, authenticate into the system and, you know, less, less iterations uh, going through password, you know, username, password type thing. I, th- I think every time we uh, catch up on the latest uh, Taz stuff with you, there's like new authentication integrations. I mean, of course, right? Because that's uh, you you need that. Like, uh, yeah. and and uh, as as uh, as it gets used more and more, you encounter the more thrilling and even exotic authentication systems. Yeah, that yeah. you wouldn't think to integrate with initially. Yeah, well, well, I, well, I'm sure we'll come up with something next for sure, but um. Let's see. There's a the there's been a playbook has been built to help with the CF Linux FS3 and FS4 migration, as we kind of talked about before in the additional um, the uh, uh, stacks offered within the platform. So helping uh, platform engineers kind of to to get to get to that that experience and some tooling built around that to help as well. There was a migration going from two to three, kind of a few years back. And we've, you know, tried to in- introduce more tooling and more help for this upcoming migration. Um, is that because of stuff like I don't know, container D changes, or is it is it that sort of stuff you mean? There's things, well, there's things uh, that are in the base image that perhaps are changing. Well, it's just yeah, it's just it's just base image changing. There's you know potential things about you know, you know like you essentially have to um, restage the application to go to the new stack. Yeah, and sometimes it's just weird. You know, your base OS is updating, so there might be a weird, you know, compiler thing or like a slight difference on how like like Python works or PHP works. So just you know, ninety nine percent of the time everything will be fine. But there's like these weird, you know, offlier cases that people need to you know just be aware of and uh, you know make sure you know you kind of paying attention to these type of things. Yeah, but, it's good. It's always good to know that there's a there's a chance, but it's also mm-hmm. good to know that it's a small chance. There's, in a small number of cases, you might need something like a like this guide, but right. in the majority of cases, you don't. Well, I, I think too, and this it may seem like you know for folks not familiar with with the product that like why are we talking about this? But I mean the the platform's been around for uh, over a decade now, so like we've had to deal with like operating systems going out end of life and like going to the next version unlike you know like it's been around it's very mature so uh, there's definitely operational procedures about you know just you know hey we, you know we have to go to this next version because what we started on is not you know is end of support so we got to go to the next version versus you know 
some of these yeah, newer and- things haven't been around long enough to, to deal with that yet. So I guess it's just, it is what it is, right? Yeah, and that's it. Like if you're if you're running a Linux desktop like I am, then you know with Ubuntu every two years you you got to expect an upgrade cycle. There's sometimes something in that upgrade cycle that you have to contend with. You have to you know mm-hmm. think about and, and maybe uh, change the way that you do a few things. But it's part and parcel of the continuing in, um, innovation that's going on in that space. Really, you just have to uh, yeah go along f- with the ride. I think. Yeah, exactly. Um, so some more uh, iterations here. We're going to kind of go down into the oper- Tainsu operations manager space, but that's kind of, you know, one of the key uh, mechanisms for, you know, managing and deploying Tainsu application service. It's kind of our appliance uh, packaged version of Bosch and all of those things. Um, but the, so the Tainsu operations manager is, is declaring long-term support in kind of tandem with Taz. So, um, so the operations manager 3.0.5 is like going to be, uh, kind of paired with this 4.0 release. So, you know, these, these kind of variants will, um, stay in the long-term support track, uh, as, you know, as needed. And, you know, you know, you don't really get TAS without ops manager. So having them kind of be more lockstep makes sense from a, a release cycle. And, uh, another really kind of big, uh, note, uh, we're talking about here with the, with platform engineers. It's certificates, and we've done a lot of work in the past releases to help make certificates, uh, you know, easier with the platform. The platform has a lot of kind of bundled managed certificates because we're doing a lot of different things uh, with VMs, with containers, you know, load balancing, all these different things all require certificates. Um, but we're trying to make this process uh, less, you know, less painful throughout every release. And with this, this, this kind of new release here, we're seeing. Uh, the ability to automatically rotate the non-configurable leaf certificate, or that's really kind of like the the bottom tiered certificates that are like the most uh, need need to be rotated the most often, right? Because you know, I don't think and I've never heard anyone you know in in the IT industry really talk fondly about certificates, but it's just something you know we have to <laughs> we have to deal with certificates in order to really kind of operate. Um, so. These certificates now, when you, uh, an operator goes to hit apply changes or really kind of push a change to the platform, you can check to say, hey, automatically go and rotate these non-configurable lease certificates as well. So that's going to just, you know, help people to like, all right, I'm already pushing a change. I'm going to do that too, just to make sure these certificates have been rotated to save a whole lot of time. Uh, because beforehand, they'd have to do some kind of like out of band, uh, process to, to get these, these, uh, certificates rotated. And now just, uh, you know, having that appear within the, 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 uh, the kind of the portal and say, you know, checkbox, rotate certs, uh, should help hopefully save a lot of time and, and pain. Uh, cause these are, these are the certificates that are, um, rotated the most often. So I think that's the thing with reliability, isn't it? It's so reliable. You can leave it for a long time. And if you mm, do that, yes, yeah. there's more of a chance that you'll hit one of the certificate issues because time will catch up with you. From the certificate's point of view, even though the app is perfectly fine, <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> so it's having that ability to sort of do it as part of other maintenance tasks that kind of staves off that date from ever uh, coming to so close that it becomes a problem for you, right? Exactly. Yeah. So then, so like as time goes on, like you know, you, you think that four-year life cycle of that you know certificate authority is going to be fine, but then when you're you know 
close to four years. Like, well, I need to rotate that. It's been, you know, four years. So things like that, you know, we've had to deal with. And then it seems like the kind of the security trend is to make the the acceptable lease duration of certificates shorter and shorter and shorter. And I think I even saw something on Twitter the other day that was like, we're going to make them like a month or something or like three months, like server certificates are going to go down from one year to three months. I was like, well, this person's clearly never worked in enterprise IT because having to everything rotate us, you know, uh, uh, at minimum or at maximum a three month life cycle would be, that'd be a lot. But um, yeah, with 10,000 apps or whatever, you're going to be yeah. rotating several hundred times a day, aren't you? So, <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's going to be, uh, you're going to hack yourself. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> well, and, Denial you know, of service on yourself, but too many I, rotations. So the certificates rotate every every minute or something. I don't know, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that's just you know you know rotating your certificates kind of like taking out the trash. Nobody really wants to do it, and oh, uh, you're, you're you're not gonna you know get a big promotion or anything. But um, if you don't take out the trash, there will eventually be consequences, right? So it's just gotta you do, get a you, big demotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I I think you raise a good point that that would be a uh, that would be a good award. Like one, like a little, uh, a little acrylic trash bag. Yeah, and it's, it's it's the award you give someone for just like you know, doing doing their job well that no one notices, and uh, you know, because otherwise you would have too many trash bags. Just you get yes. you the, this month you get the taken out the trash award. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you for not letting our certs expire. Exactly. That's right. Well, like like so, I I think that's a. As, as with every Taz version, there's a whole bunch of features and, and smaller things as well. Are there any, like, like let's pick out, are there any uh, fascinating or like very small but interesting developer features that, that have come out? Like, like what's, what's, a, what's a feature that like seems kind of small, but there's, there's, a, there's a developer or an operations person out there who's like, oh, this is going to save me three keys that I have to push. Yeah, so... Hours. So I, I got a couple that come to mind. Uh, one of them is, um, so when we talk about like blue-green deployments, right? And uh-huh. um, that's a typical like uh, pattern used within Taz and, and other, you know, kind of cloud native type situations, right? Uh, but essentially you have two copies of the app and then you do like the kind of routing and flip over when you, when you think that the new version is okay and, you, you know, bl- you know, you go from green to blue or vice versa and... Uh, you know, if if there's an issue with a new version of the application, you can roll roll back to the other one, and you know, it, it's it's the it's essentially to help roll out um, new changes to your application, w- minimizing downtime and minimizing impact potential. Like, oops, we roll it out a new version, and uh, whoopsie, uh, we broke something. Uh, maybe something that you know the the t- folks at Twitter can start uh, applying. Uh, but um, the folks uh, the the um, the sorry, I tried, I tried to pull that off without laughing, but I guess apparently it didn't work out. Um, that 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 functionality within Taz uh, has worked, but there is an issue with some of the meta metadata. And when you re, re did that blue green, which would instantiate a CF rename, um, that that name the name wouldn't quite change, and that people would lose apps uh, logs and metrics within 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 that blue green flow and that was actually kind of preventing some folks from doing that because they didn't want to lose logging or metrics when that 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 change hit so now we we've updated and fixed that so that when you do a cf rename in part of that blue green kind of flow the metadata and logs are are all 
they rename as well. So if, you, if you're doing like a log stream or, or looking at logs through like, you know, log aggregation system, when you're doing this process, you'll, that, that full name will flow properly and we won't lose logs when we do that, um, that rename process. So it seems a bit uh, kind of obscure to, you know, if you're not really kind of in deep in the weeds on this, but uh, for developers, it's, it's an, an engineering, it's, it's a big win because then if, if they want to continue down this path of, you know, using blue green, they don't have to worry about potentially losing logs and metrics when, when this change happens. And yeah. um, especially when you're testing new functionality, losing some logs potentially could be not a good thing. So um, this is definitely something that I think a lot of folks will be excited about that, you know, actually have been in use, have been using it and, 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 um, you know, continue to, to make improvements in that developer workflow there. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I always like log files. You know, you don't want to lose anything, especially like you were saying that, uh, uh, you know, around something like releasing, <laughs> putting a new release out, you want to collect as much about it as possible in case you have to fix it. If not, not even just right away, but in, in the future. Well, so, you know, how, how can, uh, how, how do people get a hold of this? Remind them of the process for, for getting an upgrade in place. How does that all work out? Uh, an upgrade to Taser Application Service? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they can, um, well, a lot of our, uh, you know, tried and true platform engineers will be making use of, of you know, platform automation via concourse and, um, they'll, they'll elect to pull this release from our, uh, beloved Tanzunet and kind of start propagating that through their systems kind of automatically. But you can go and, and manually download uh, that as well at Tanzunet when, when it becomes available and, um, you know, Upload it to your to your uh, ops manager and click apply changes pretty pretty easily, you know pretty pretty easily without uh, a whole lot of hoops to go through. Um, Is that where the docs will be as well, Nick at network.tanzu.com? Is that right? Oh yeah, so there they'll be with with uh, with the actual release. There'll be release notes bundled uh, when you go to download it, and you can go to like, within the there's uh, off to the right hand side. You can go like read the release notes and then. You'll you'll get all this, you know, the actual release that's tied to the to the release. Um, and if you want to, you know, obviously we have uh, uh, the Tanzu Tech Zone site too, which has a lot of uh, focus for uh, the Tanzu application service too. So, uh, well, definitely we can keep uh, keep an eye out for, um, you know. When when it when it becomes GA, uh, I'll be I'll be talking about it on my social media uh, platforms, and I, I believe we will kind of re uh, rebroadcast this to the world when the GA date launches as well, just to make sure people can go and, and, and get it when it's you know fresh off the presses, so to speak, as well. Well, we better get your uh, Twitter handle, and Nick, do you want to call it out for our listeners? Uh, yeah, it's uh, at Tycoons or T H K U H N Z. Um, so I, I'm pretty active on Twitter. I, I do a little Mastodon and, and LinkedIn as well. So uh, you can follow me uh, there. And you're uh, building a heck of a server on uh, Twitter. I noticed there's a few pages yeah, now and again. Yeah, so yeah, I have a, a kind of side uh, home lab project I, I've been working on. And um, I, I try to post daily of uh, part of the 100 days of home lab um, kind of hashtag there. Uh, soon, hopefully, I'll be running the Cloud Foundry in my basement or Tane's application service in my basement. But Mm. Um, yeah, may, maybe I'll make a video about that too, but yeah, I, uh, I, I've bought a lot of gear and I've, I've gone, uh, over time and over budget, uh, <laughs> but it's been fun. I think it, 
it sounds like the most expensive home automation I've ever heard of. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're yeah. gonna run. Uh, gonna run tasks for five of you. Is it in the house? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's gonna be a great developer experience. Let me tell you. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's fun to have your own cloud in in your basement. You could call it yeah. the uh, the Nicktastic Cloud. Yeah. <laughs> now I need to go register that domain, right? Uh, .io. Yeah. <laughs> or or you know you could use dot plumbing. Dot mm-hmm. limo. I didn't. Dot, I didn't even know dot plumbing whatever. was a thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, you can have dot just, anything now, yeah. Just set yourself aside like forty-five minutes and go look at all the uh, top-level top domains. You'll, you'll, it'll be very entertaining. Oh boy! It's the most important thing you'll shop for. Forget about all those switches and yeah servers. They must uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, shop for. I'll, I'll end the day with a hundred new domain names registered to me for for no apparent <laughs> reason. Yeah, the the domain re- <laughs> the domain registrar I use it has this uh, it has an option where you can search everything, and there's so many of them that like it takes several minutes for it just to like just go to out populate and, <laughs> yeah. and, and put all of the possible names in there. It's ridiculous, but oh boy, yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, as always, it's 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 great to have you on for a for an update, and and just to remind people, there's there's a, a regular cadence of releases. So when, like, when around when do you think the next version? Uh, when, when is it targeted for on the cadence? Um, so from the 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 cadence uh, for Taz, we aimed to, to release uh, twice a year. So the mm-hmm. the the first kind of release is going to be the long term support track, and then we'll have a release later yeah. in the year, which is that that fast track for folks who want to just consume every release uh, every yeah. six months ap- approximately. I so. think we should call that the fun track. A fun track, that, that, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. we're Ben and I. Are, this is the, this is the uh, you know they call it the golden hour when the sun sets and your photos look good. But mm-hmm. this is like the golden hour for marketing. I think is is what's going on <laughs> yeah. over here. Wait, well, and then, it's, the sun is setting here, but I, I can't, can't claim to look good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, talking about releases too, there are a, a few other kind of ecosystem releases that uh, are happening too. So. Um, uh, just keep your eyes peeled for that. But uh, one more thing to highlight is that the uh, MySQL, VMware SQL for MySQL, uh, called Tile. Uh, I'm, I'm, I may have butchered the actual official product name there, but the, the MySQL Tile uh, is uh, is uh, revving uh, to support MySQL 8.0 as well. So All right. the, yeah, it's going to be a big for folks using that Tile and the cloud service broker tiles for folks who want to use Taz and Use cloud native services with the big three hyperscalers. Those are revving as well, kind of out of band of the the big TAS releases. Uh, but we do have a lot of work in that ecosystem um, in the TAS overall ecosystem with the tiles, the partner tiles, all kind of revving um, kind of as fast as they can get releases out to you. So uh, you know we have two major releases per year, but then you know there's a lot of other ecosystem tiles kind of happening in between and. Uh, th- different things happening there. So everyone just uh, k- keep your eye out there and I'll, I'll try to do my best to help um, kind of highlight those as well too, to let uh, make sure folks are knowing about those releases too as they come out. Yeah, yeah. well, that'll be fun. Yeah. Well, as, as, as we mentioned earlier, uh, you know, I think, I think if you're interested, you will certainly be aware of the, mm-hmm. uh, the release some, sometime soon. And uh, if you're listening to this and you'd like wanted to get, uh, you know, uh, pointers to things. If you go to tanzutalk.com, you can look up this episode and we'll put some links in the show note to it. 
And, uh, you know, maybe maybe at some point in our regular recording schedule, Ben, uh, when when the Nicktastic cloud is fully installed, we can have a <laughs> we can have a little after show special and uh, yeah. just we can we can do a little retrospective, see what we've learned. Will look, there be drinks? Over. I'll come if there are drinks. Yes, <laughs> that's right. We, we can uh, exactly. sip drinks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, can, uh, we can all coalesce in uh, Nick's green room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think I think what you got to target is putting it in a backpack. That's all. You always want to have a cloud in a backpack or a platform yeah, in a backpack. Booze on a sort of a sucky straw thing. Is that? Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. That, I think yeah. that belongs on a hat. But yeah. yes, oh, that's hard. Yeah, that, that's a uh, that's platform engineering hard hat to the next extreme, right? Yes, uh, indeed. <laughs> a hard hat with two beers on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, well. Thanks for being on, and uh, th- thanks for listening. It was fun, and we'll see everyone next time. Bye bye. Thank you.